Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Your favorite showrunner in a galaxy far, far away. I'm taking the reins for this Q&A episode. Welcome to our season three mid-season Q&A episode. I'm here with all my best friends, Rob. Pew, 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 pew. Woo, yay. Most, Woo. Most of that got Q&A. cut off. Q&A. <laughs> yes. My favorite time he's of the year. He's excited he's not uh, taking the reins. Uh, Amelia. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and Brennan. Hi, all. Rob, your audio definitely bled through my headphones and into the mic. <laughs> and also made me deaf. Thank you. Oh, I love that. I uh, love that. So, uh, yeah, we're back it. with um, season three, mid-season Q&A. Kind of, not really half season, but three, three-fourths season. Yeah, I mean... Kind of, maybe, 75%, who, 70%. Who fucking knows? So off the top, this is just something that everyone should know. I talk about in our drop, group chat. Drop that somewhat. All the time, we talk about how, like, they'll, you know, you people will ask me, like, how far away are we through the season? Like, where are we at? And it's always like, well, I thought we would be this far, but I am so bad at knowing how long the things that I plan take that it's completely off the rails now. And so much things have ex- unexpectedly happened that I also have no clue. But about half-ish. 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 Yes. Half, half to, to three-fourths-ish. Um, so for the past couple Q&A sessions, we've done like half discussion and half questions. It's a little bit hard to do that for this episode in particular because we haven't finished the season yet. So we <laughs> don't know how things are going to turn out. We can't really talk about it. They're going to turn um, out fine. Oh, yeah. Everything's going to be. No- everything's normal. Everything's good. Mm-hmm. Everything is uh fine and normal and good (laughs) we're all emotionally Um, stable the planet is definitely not going to explode it's gonna be good and everyone's gonna live and everyone's gonna be happy and everyone's gonna turn out fine it's a good thing we're Um, attached to to zero of the remaining npcs (laughs) yeah exactly um so despite that i before we started into questions i kind of just wanted to be like How's everyone feeling? How are what's our opinions on the season? How's it going so far? I'm having a great time. Everything is going so well, exactly how I planned. My little boy is so emotionally compromised. <laughs> That's a way to put it. <laughs> uh, which is just how I like my paladins slash guardians. So I'm I'm feeling really good about where we are. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want, you know, I don't want to explore things here that are going to be explored in the podcast. Uh, but, ooh, yikes. <laughs> gotcha. Um, <clears throat> I am having, I'm having a great time with it. I, I gotta say, um, it's been, it's been really fun to be, you know, back in the player's seat and also to, uh, explore a universe that I am relatively familiar with um i have never do- like i've never uh had a deep dive into the D lore or and uh 7c was something i just kind of googled as we played so it's been fun to to exist inside of a realm that i've known about and really been fascinated with since i was a young child um also i think that you know with each season we we uh play off of each other and and our improv acting gets gets even better and better so I've really enjoyed uh, this season of yelling and laughing and crying with you all. Um, so that's that's been great. 
Um, also, Rob's uh, Rob's an excellent DM, um, and <laughs> I, and I, I definitely I definitely enjoy my character who's sucking less and less with each episode. That's that's been a really good emotional arc to be <laughs> less and less dead weight and more and more uh, portable cannon. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I I enjoy Rama immensely, um, and I like I like his whole arc, and um, I like the decisions you you make. You take some big swings. Um, I've, I've been kind of like secretly counting, and like we're about time for Rama to do something extreme again. Um, you know, we started <laughs> the season obviously with Rama disobeying all law and order and getting shot out of the sky. Then you shot up a bar, and you know you've taken some big swings since then. I just feel like it's we're about time for you to like go back to jail or something. Um, Days since Rama's last nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think it'll be more calculated this time. I think you've improved. Um, I am having a great time. Um, It's bizarre, um, you know, DMing my first season live, but I think it's also been like so hell. Like I feel like I've. I've gotten a lot better at playing this game just from like one episode to the next, partly partly because I get the rare privilege of like listening back to like practically everything I say um, with cool sound effects and music behind it, which makes me feel pretty good. Um, but also like it allows me to kind of like hear what works and what doesn't work. And it's just been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of effort, um, <laughs> but it's super worth it. Um, and I, I have a great time with Star Wars 5e. Um, Y'all are sad as hell, though. Um, I will say it's been interesting. Like, have you met me? I have. have you met well, Kitsa was an anomaly, <laughs> like yeah. so much. Like, I don't think I'm capable of making a happy D and D character in the long term. I feel like Q wasn't the saddest thing in the world. Just but Q was kind true. of tragic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Q was tragic. He was yeah. immensely fucked up, just a little bit less, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I didn't cry over Q. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I guess that's fair. No, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, like it was said in our Discord, um, gays must be sad in space, so... It's uh, <laughs> the rule. No, so I, I didn't realize the amount of uh, that personal tragedy would play into this campaign. I guess that was my mistake. That was just naivety. Um, you know, your first time DM, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was really like, it, they're just gonna, it's gonna be a fun kind of romp through Star Wars. And then it became uh, a mystery and a tragedy um, and a thriller. Um, yeah, scary. Yeah, also scary. I didn't anticipate that, but that's from me. That's my fault. That came from in here. Um, I love it. Had to add yeah. the fucking sexy. Oh wait, that's a that's a spoiler. I don't never mind. <laughs> this uh, this will come out after twenty four has gone up, which was the last one we recorded. Yeah. So, so I guess can... every is everything on the table then? No spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably spoilers for episode up to twenty four at this point. But if you've listened to it, like that's where a lot of secrets are revealed. <laughs> so we can talk pretty openly about it i think in that case just warning for that scary is for real rob had to add the fucking space vampire (laughs) 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 oh lord Um, i like how rob is like you know you made you guys made this so sad meanwhile there is an evil ghost who wants to possess your body (laughs) so like just keep that in mind as you're juggling everything else also, we've had our sadness planned from day one. No, that's true. From yeah. day one. It, that is true. I no. will say, and I think this kind of goes into one of the questions on here, so I won't go too deep, but I will say I did not expect, I don't think either of us expected the relationship that Ellen uh, Akala had to be so in-depth when we were first like, huh, wouldn't it be funny if they were like friends? And like <laughs> kissed one time and then it was just like, like oh, wow. <laughs> Turns out that was... Like <laughs> so much deeper. <laughs> yeah, I'm. De- we're definitely gonna cover the evolution of that yeah. later. But um, as far as my my thoughts go, I think this is a lot of what I said about season two. But um, we we talk all the time about how like each season so far has been such a major step up from the last one. Um, just with this season, I, it's been like 
step up in characters, step up in story, a step up in editing and just like general ambiance. And it's just like very cool. Like probably at least once a month, we're always like in our just group chat. We're like, like oh my God, guys, this is, this is so fuck. good. Like if you listen to the beginning of season two versus the beginning of season three, it is like literal miles of difference between the two of them. And it's just, it's very cool to be on multiple parts of that evolution. And it's been super fun. And again, we don't know how it ends, but like, it's been so fun. I do. For every, <laughs> Amelia knows how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. I would like to know how it ends, but. I can't um, tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Redacted as, as one may say, but yeah. So I've, I've been having an absolute romp with it so far. It, like I will scream from the mountaintops, how sad I am about everything. <laughs> Um, and Amelia and I have been just absolutely torturing each other with our Spotify playlists, but it's been <laughs> like, I've been, it's been happening with a smile on my face this entire time. So I'm, I'm very happy about it. Um, but yeah, so great. Good opening little discussion. Let's get, there. let's get to the questions. Um, let's, let's answer. Let's get to the questions. Let's cue some, um, let's, let's A some cues. Yeah. So, um, first of all, I'm just going to say this episode is going to be split up um into two parts uh the big meaty part is going to go on our normal feed for normal listeners but we're also going to have probably a 15 to 20 minute extra section for our red circle subs going on our exclusive feed so if you would like to hear uh your question that got submitted but maybe didn't get answered maybe become a sub and maybe it was answered there um because we did get a lot of questions we got so many questions for this one so uh we had to pick uh which ones we wanted to to answer first and foremost so first question we have on our outline i'm just going to kind of go through really quick um the first question is how did you all meet and get to know each other i know we have a lot of new listeners for this season so we'll go over this really quick but we have kind of explained this whole story um in past q a sessions um so basically long story short we all went to school together we went to uh, the university of tulsa um i knew everyone individually uh Rob, Amelia, and Brennan didn't really, weren't really friends with each other, and I just kind of got them all together for, for a show. Um, and it, here we are three years later, <laughs> and our uh, school had just built a brand new podcast studio, and I wanted to start a podcast. And I was like, hey, do you guys want to do a D&D podcast with me? And they were like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, and yeah, that's a short version. We've definitely covered it before, but I know there are a lot of uh, new listeners in our, uh, for our show and in our Discord and stuff. So just wanted to cover that really quick. Um, it's funny because the the only other context that I knew Amelia in was that she was in the sorority that I was the like sweetheart for my junior and senior year. And so like Amelia and mm-hmm. I would like I remember like dancing with you at one of your formals drunk as Good time. I'll get out. Yeah. And not really knowing you. And then it was like, yeah, like, do you want to come play D&D? And then I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> Hi, what's Good up? Good to see you. Um, yeah, and I made your guys' food for like two and a half years. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you helped me afford law school, so. <laughs> you're welcome. I specifically am telling you you're welcome for single-handedly getting you through law school. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, all, that's what, uh, yeah, all, I intend all the, cre- all the credit to go to you. <laughs> Yeah, so I knew Amelia through housing staff. We worked on the same yeah. uh, in the same dorm. I knew Rob through doing our media lab, like broadcasting club. Yeah, and right. I knew Brendan from class and just hanging out. But yeah, go ahead, Rob. I was gonna say also yeah, like me and uh, yeah, like a few others like were really pushing hard for the podcast studio, and I was also like managing the podcast studio for a number of time. And then when I wasn't, I was like, oh yeah, I should actually still use this, and we did. <laughs> we should actually do it. <laughs> um, Cool. So yeah, if you want more on that story, go listen to our old Q&As. You'll find more of the story there. Um, so second question, how long before episode releases do you all record? Is it a few days or a week or what? whatever? Um, so we try to record ahead. Um, we try, like in an ideal world, they usually like to have episodes recorded a few weeks before they go out. But a lot recently, it's been like, Record on Sunday, and then the episode's going out on Wednesday, and I have two days to edit it. Um, We're a little bit ahead right now, which is nice, but um, just scheduling stuff with all of us across four different time zones and uh, us having jobs in law school and stuff, it's just, it's hard to do that. Um, So it varies, is the answer to that question. Um, So you can see a little bit into our, uh, our, you know, behind the curtain 
backstage production or whatever. Um, <clears throat> anyone else have anything to add to that? I don't think so. Probably not. No. Um, cool. So kind of a group question for this next one. Do y'all naturally develop combined elements of your backstories through sessions or do you plan that out ahead in session zero, for example, with prior relationships of your characters? So pretty much the only time we've done this is with Ellen Ocala. Am I correct in that? We haven't had any other character interwoving, intertwining not for, character backstories? Not for I think that's correct. Yeah. So, like, to kind of explain the, the, the evolution of what this has now become, whenever we were first making our characters, Amelia and I were like, okay, we both want to be Jedi. So do we know each other? Do we have a relationship with each other? And I think we first, I, I haven't actually watched all of this show, but I think we first defined it as like a, an Adora Catra situation from, from She-Ra, um, where like they knew each other and there was sexual tension and all this stuff. Because I think one of the first things we asked for when, when Rob was asking us like, what do you guys want to see in the campaign? We were both like, forbidden Jedi love. And oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> did we get that? Um, but yeah, it has, it has definitely um, evolved from there. I think we actually didn't nail down the details until after we had recorded a few episodes, right? Yeah. We literally sat down and had a meeting after we recorded yeah, episode one or cause, two. Because like all of you are pretty like, I would say that like all of us tend to focus more about like what we want to do in the campaign more than we focus on like what happened in the past. I would say, like, when we mostly make our characters, like, it's always been, like, oh, yeah, we kind of think about, like, how we got here in the retrospect. Maybe that's just me, but, uh, yeah. No, so I, think- I mean, to this day, oh, sorry. No, go for it. I was going to say, I mean, to this day, uh, I don't have, like, a comprehensive backstory to L. I have, like, a string of texts that I've sent Rob <laughs> over the course of however long we've been recording Every now and then he's like, hey, do you have like more info? And I was like, yeah, maybe like this thing or this other thing. But I know for a fact that Han has so much more <laughs> awesome lore about L that I'm also like, what don't I even know about L <laughs> about like what happened? Because I was just like, I don't know. No, they yeah. were there. They were vibing. I... They kissed. It was great. <laughs> what happened after wasn't so great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, a few weeks ago, sent Rob a five-page, single-spaced Akala lore dump just because I wanted to write about her. Yeah. And I, like, my my initial backstory for her was literally, like, two paragraphs of, like, she was born on a different planet and has parents, and that was pretty much it. Um, so I just wanted to to dive a little deeper. And in my email, I think, to Rob, I literally wrote in the body of it was, like, um, what did I say? Hold on, let me pull it up. I said something like, um, here we go. Didn't think I would write so much about Elle in this, but shrug, your girl's traumatized, what can I say? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, love that. Um, yeah. I, I want to know the Forbidden L lore. <laughs> I mean, it's not even, like, it's just L from Akala's perspective, so it's not like I'm writing facts about oh, like about, so much about like, his know. rippling muscles. <laughs> So strong <laughs> and sweet, and he carries my books. Exactly. That kind of stuff. I was actually yes, thinking about this problem when I was thinking about Cornelius's character, because I was like, what is Cornelius's perspective on L? And like, what was that relationship like? And I, I mean, not to co opt this, but I was thinking, like, okay, like, L's, for L's backstory, like, the Jedi Master is pretty important, but like, when we kind of talked about it, it was kind of just like, man, I don't know. Like we can just figure that out. Like once we get there. Um, and so I just, we just rolled with it. So yeah. And I got to tell you more progressively about how you died the first time, um, which was interesting. Yeah. So it's a mix of uh. both to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also like a, you know, like an inherent amount of trust that I think is necessary to play D and D like that. Yeah. Like for all to be like, what was your Jedi master like? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll create something great. <laughs> and then for Rob to be like, oh, this is Cornelius, and it's like, ah, oh, he's perfect. Is I, I didn't even have anything imagined, but he's exactly what I imagined. Like it couldn't have been better. And so that's something that it's always nice to be able to do with, um, when you're playing with people that you trust. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like giving away that control. That's actually a very high compliment. I'm going to take that one uh, right to the bank. Um, yeah, thanks. I'm gl- uh, Yeah, I'm glad that Cornelius was such a hit. Because um, backstories can be a funny thing, especially when you're like playing somebody's like parent character. Yeah. And well, I had like an entirely different backstory for Elle at first, and then I I changed it. Yeah. So that was... I want to know the, the Forbidden Elle lore... That oh, it, it was like floor. a completely different character. I don't remember what made me change it. I don't know if it was specifically having a relationship with Akla, or I think it was. I'm trying to remember, but yeah. Oh, it was like growing up in the slums of Coruscant, like mm. as an orphan who's kind of. And that was the thing is that when L was when L had faked his death, it was just so he could go back and take care of like the people he grew up with because he wasn't really able to do that in the same way when he was a Jedi. But none of that, uh, none of that exists anymore. So fuck them, kids. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting that you had that backstory, and I had kind of forgotten about that. And I think I actually internalized some of that when I made made the when I was planning the, the last episode with the news broadcast. Um, yeah. I'll keep that a little bit vague, but um, there's some of that that energy still lingering within the campaign. I think. Oh, for sure. Um, may, maybe we should get. Like farther past this question because we're, we're very quickly just talking about <laughs> the campaign. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay, yeah, we so... should do that in the Q&A. <laughs> um, yeah, so next question is for you, Rob. How do you balance or incorporate your ideas and your own world building for the story and landscape setting with existing lore? Um, well, I prepared a lot before we ever sat down and even had a session zero for like what a Star Wars world would be like and the first thing i kind of did was just ask all of you what you wanted and the overwhelming response was like city vibe um and so like once that was established it was kind of like well if we play this before the fall of the jedi order then we have the most leeway of just making up whatever we want because nobody really has a firm idea of what life was like during, like, the Old Republic, you know? Unless you've played, like, the Knights of the Old Republic games, but, you know, those are, like, decades-old RPGs, right? So, uh, more or less, there's no, like, canon about this time, so I can have a lot of things be true and have a lot of people exist with it being completely original and not conflicting with any canon. And so, from that base, I can more or less just use Star Wars as, like, a color palette and just have my own world to play with. I just have the Star Wars trappings and kind of the traditional things that are true... Um, and then, you know, it's like, okay, like if kyber crystals are real and there are these like, you know, super crazy high powered energy converters that are also force attuned objects, like where else would they show up? Like, oh, you know, under the, under the ground as like a thing that channels power, you know, like, and that's, you just build that organically. Um, and I just kind of write stuff down. And then once we play, we just have to go new places. And so I just kind of make stuff up, you know, a couple weeks beforehand based on what we're doing and. And just try to have fun. But Star Wars is kind of easy in that way that, like, you could really just have anything be true um, and have any location exist as long as it's, like, remotely plausible with, like, the theme and the tone of the story. So, um, just been kind of my playground. (laughs) Yeah, I like that metaphor of it being a a color palette. That's a very good analog for it. Just using the tools to create your own own little artistic masterpiece. Cool. You have anything else on that? Um, I mean, some things are taken directly from aspects of the canon. I do rely on the wiki a lot, like the Star Wars wiki a ton. Um, the Ashla, the Bogan, and the Bendu are all real things. Um, the Bendu is a real character. He's even showed up in um, places before, but my version of him is different. And I just kind of take liberties with things um, sometimes. Like, there's things I don't talk about that are te- technically canon, but just are bummers. Um, there's like midichlorians midichlorians are bummers <laughs> um slavery in the galaxy is like a major bummer that i just don't care to interact with um slavery is a major bummer yeah <laughs> um gosh i know it's like an, an eloquent way to express that no, but no. um i'm just joshing you uh, yeah and then there's like i mean there's also like a lot of downsizing i have to do like 
when you think about Coruscant, like Coruscant is a whole planet that is one city. And when you're trying to downsize that into like discrete locations, you just there's a lot of it that gets missed. So I try to do my best with just like giving you guys a limited space to work with, but like that space is still massive um, in terms of like a world building scale. So like I've had to keep the scale smaller than a traditional Star Wars story to start, just to like orient us because um, I think it'd be really confusing otherwise. Like being in a city location. Um, but that's about it. So I just kind of play around then. And then all the droids and technology stuff, it's just like, you know, I just theme everything off of what somebody in like 1970 would think would be cool in a few thousand years. So, uh, yeah, that's why you get toaster droids. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love the toaster droids. Love the gonk droids. Um, cool. So the next one is about... 5e or star wars 5e is kind of a system in itself the star wars 5e hack that you've been using seems to require a fair bit more system mastery but also gives the pcs more capabilities dm have you have you had to adjust how you prepare for your for your encounters players how has that influenced how you approach playing your own characters um i don't even know if this is because of the system or because of just the players but um definitely i've had to make my encounters progressively more difficult to deal with because you guys are really strong turns out being a mandalorian and two jedi is like a very (laughs) powerful combo it's no joke um yeah you guys find ways to eat through hp um and you guys don't have a healer and like you you still are typically pretty fine with health points oh i don't know yeah see like i I was trying to research this the other day about because most of the things that are in Star Wars 5e have a pretty clear analog to just regular D&D 5e. Yeah. But the class that I play is called the Sentinel, which doesn't really have a clear analog to any other D&D class. And it's also kind of really OP because I am also like I'm a melee fighter and also a spellcaster. So I do have healing spells like I have a couple of them, but I haven't really needed them. Um, I think I've used them maybe a total of two or three times. Um, I mean, you've gone like, down two or three times well, too. And, yeah. But you also have like, don't you have like jack of all trades and you get, yeah. and because you're melee, like you get the spell casting benefit and the double attack benefit, which does yeah. not happen in 5e. And I'm, and I'm also, if we get up to level seven, I think I'm going to get like a triple attack. Type. At level seven? Yeah, I think, I think so. I'll have to double check that. But yeah, I have, yeah, the bar jack of all trades. I have, um... I don't remember what they're called. They're a warlock thing. They're called sentinel ideals in this, which is like basically oh, your eldritch invocations. Actually... Yeah. Yes. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> that. Um, um, but yeah. So like my class, like I didn't realize how OP it was until I went on Reddit and saw people talking about it, being like, "Yeah, this doesn't really have a real analog because it's taken pieces from every class, basically." Um, so I've mostly been using my spells to just kind of. I think this is. Uh, uh, exemplified and uh, I forget what episode it was. Whenever we had to run 300 feet across a room, mm-hmm. I uh, basically just like supporting myself and doing like abilities and stuff and then uh, not using them for really like actual attacks. I think I do have like phase throw is a cantrip for me and it's really powerful because of the um, the Sentinel subclass that I chose. Um, it's Eldritch Blast is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, Eldritch it's, Blast in the hands of a warlock. Yeah, it's it's like, it's great. <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't really do a whole lot of research going into it. I just kind of chose one based off of the log lines that were on the Star Wars Five E website. But it's done a lot of good for me. <laughs> so See, far. the thing is, I saw your class and I wanted your class, but because I procrastinate everything, you had already picked Sentinel, <laughs> and so I couldn't do it. Even maybe though it's I nice knew. to be prepared sometimes. <laughs> No, I'm I'm good with my smite slots. Thank you. <laughs> True. Um. So from from my class and the way that it uh it interacts, it's always it's interesting because uh shooting guns akimbo is not a super D and D type thing. Um, but it's fun to play around with with the Star Wars mechanics because you know if you ever look at the the prequels, you've got like Jango Fett usually has he's got two blasters and they. And they pop off, so it um, it's fun playing something that is made to emulate what you would think Star Wars looks like, um, for sure. 
So the other thing I like is as I keep like leveling up the the fighter. I actually don't know if I've ever played a fighter in D and D. So I'm like, a fighter's. I don't know how much of this is what they're supposed to be capable of, and how much of this is D and D stuff uh, or Star Wars stuff. Um, the other thing that was that's fun is the gadgets I get. Um, so the Mandalorian, you get, you know, instead of like the Dungeoneering's pack, you get freaking <laughs> thermal detonators or, you know, whatever you want. So um, I decided to go with remote activated mines, uh, kind of like in Lego Star Wars. So that's been which fun. were very useful. um yeah also um yeah i mean i think the mandalorian's cool because i think that like yeah so like i mean you've gotten like various suit upgrades um you've gotten like a better weapon but you also just like get cool accoutrements too like you get like your ship and you get um i mean you have baskar steel right now um that you haven't haven't used but yeah it's it's cool i like how that it's been adapted from 5e yeah, I've been I've been thinking about that a lot because I <laughs> really want to do with it. Um, I'm in need thinking. to. Well, we need someone to. <laughs> we no longer have our contact who's good at making things. That's that's also true. Normally, I would be like, "Hey, Rosie, let's blow shit up." But uh, oof. I mean, if you flirt with Bronze a little more, I'm sure he'll. I'm not see. He'll be able to do I something. I don't. For you. I don't flirt with anybody intentionally. Except for, like, one time, maybe Cecil. <laughs> Y'all are projecting right. that onto my character. Um, we should probably move to the next question, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite failed role this season? Great question. Okay. So I was thinking about this, and I was trying to remember one specific role. But I think it was uh, when we were in the Arrakid estate and I just kept getting nat ones <laughs> and I got like four or five at once. Can that be my favorite role? Because literally, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was Me forgetting how to use my lightsaber because I haven't turned it on properly in three years. Yeah, that was, that like turned like a climactic like reveal into like a real gut punch of like, uh... <laughs> It was so cool. The first the first combat we did with it, it was like, ah, oh, yeah. And then it was just, I got too in my head about it. The beginner's luck had worn off. Mm-hmm. Which is like kind of like a, it's a very uh, like synchronistic way for the game to be like, like, yeah, like you used to be really good at this. But now like the person that's actually been doing it for a few years is kind of holding it down while you're struggling to remember how this all works, you know? Um, yeah, the waiting is different. Because, you know, with the, with the double saber, the weight's all in the center. With, you know, a staff, it's different. You got to get used to it. Yeah. Um, also, the staff hits things. Lightsaber goes through things. <laughs> Very different vibe. Um, I think my favorite failed role is probably um, the numerous times that anybody, f- that all the enemies failed to open the garage door quickly after... <laughs> Rama shot it because it's just like this idea of like these bad guys have just done something very bad and killed this NPC that we love and taken her metaphorical heart and are making an escape and it's all of a sudden they're fucking losing it at this door ramming their vehicle into it losing time people are dying it's like fuck 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 get out of here dice didn't want it to happen so I um I really, the only one I can really remember that Akla has had is the one when, um, I think it was a stealth roll at the beginning of the, the Veltrakiad when we were all in the crates and she just literally fucking fell over <laughs> <laughs> and we had to get out of that one. I think, I, I think she had a few at the beginning of the campaign that were like persuasion rolls or something that she fell or that mm. she failed. I just can't remember them. So my answer is going to be the, the crate one. I'm gonna see if I have anything in my notes. I uh, so my favorite one for for Rama was <laughs> was during the three hundred foot chase or whatever. Um, when I was like, "Hey Rob, what's the DC if I try and find an item?" <clears throat> Mandalorian jetpack, and he's like, "Pretty tiny, buddy." And I was like, "Never tell me the odds," and then absolutely failed it. It felt like a good little microcosm of. <laughs> <laughs> Rama DM play. Yeah. It's like this is gonna be awesome. There's a one out of eighteen chance. <laughs> yeah, 
That's a tough one. I feel like Rama's rolled the most consistent out of all the players. I think that he probably has had the least. I think he's also the least crits, though. Um, it's that sweet, but, sweet digital die. <laughs> yeah, you roll really consistent <laughs> yes, in the middle. Google being really neutral. I'm sorry. I'm like looking through past notes to uh, like, you know, just to see if I had anything interesting about once. And I totally forgot. Do L's eyes still glow whenever they're happy? I keep seeing that um, on my character sheet and yes, forgetting about it. But you two are the saddest fuckers in the world. <laughs> but we just kissed though. So our eyes were glowing. Um, It seemed um, sad as hell. I don't know. I mean. It was good for just a moment. And then it was sad. It was good for a moment. Uh, I think yeah. we should rock on that. Well, if you guys both oh, closed your eyes when you kissed. I was when he saw Cecil. Oh. oh, that's true. Um, um, also, can we just like, I'm looking back. I'm just, I'm sorry to like distract, but looking through the notes and it's like Oko's in her hot topic phase. <laughs> the hive possible lead. Did she join a cult? And it's just like. The red mod has like no idea what the fuck this is with the drawing of it. And, oh how that's back in episode six. Yeah, well. Also, Aqua just became a Jedi Knight, so I, that was pretty satisfying. That's true. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that like it's been happening. Um, I'll be more aware of it and try to narrate it when it does happen. But you guys can also be in charge of that a little bit. Um, have we? That's like a a wild magic type thing, right? Where if we use our powers enough that something weird happens? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys will probably do for one, but um, yeah. there's just been other stuff to take care of. So. <laughs> yeah, I want more wild magic. <laughs> it's so chaotic, I love it. Um, I want to cast fireball on myself whenever I roll a nat one. Oh, no. <laughs> no thank you for that. That That's what's on, on the D&D wild magic table. That's what <laughs> happens if you roll a one. I didn't just make that up. No, no, I believe you. No, I was looking at Rob's face. He was very <laughs> judgmental in that moment. <laughs> I was just kind of thinking, like, for what purpose? Like, why? <laughs> I don't make the wild magic rules. No, that's fair. No, there is. I do like random tables. Um, random tables do make things fun, and that is a random table roll. You guys just both rolled the same thing, so you guys' eyes glow together. Yeah, this is like a D four, right? Yeah, it was like that. pretty low. Yeah. Um. Cool. This next question is probably my favorite out of all of them, and I love all of our viewers equally. But this was a great question. Um. If Starfellows was animated by an anime studio for the next Star Wars Vision set, which studio would you want to animate it, or what style do you think it would take? I have an answer for this. If nobody else does, you go first. Um. So I haven't actually seen Star Wars Visions. I'm making my way through the Star Wars shows right now, but I think a really great style slash like similar tonality show would be arcane on netflix it's not it's not 2d animation it's 3d animation but i like i love that style so much i think the the tone of arcane is pretty similar to what we're doing um in this season so i think that would be a great visual and like i don't know i just i don't want to say that like like whenever i picture like 2d animated shows because i don't watch that much anime like to begin with i mostly think of like children's shows so like just a like a like an avatar style type show i feel like would be too juvenile i think for what we're doing um but that's just my own worldview so if anyone else has any conflicting, uh, so my first thought it. would be um the studio it was called sunrise i think um, not sure what it's called now, but the studio that made uh, Cowboy Bebop, one, because it's one of my favorite TV shows, but two, um, similar vibe in, in space and such, and that it's uh, it sounds just giddy as fuck. It's like, yeah, space cowboy bebop jazz fun space romp. Um, but there's a lot of like, it's half about like depression and, and moving on from hard parts of, of life and trying to, to move on from from a life they used to live. And uh, it's the kind of vibe I, I like to go for a lot when I, when I do tell stories, because I think it, um, it lends itself well in, in tone to people coming together with tragic backstories and then trying to develop strong character arcs in like monster week settings. It's just, it's similar to, I think your, your standard D and D type setup. 
Um, also, the animation uh, itself, I think, works pretty well because if you try and make it like too realistic looking or too, uh, you know, too just on the nose, it can, doesn't age as well. But you don't want it to be too cartoony, especially with some of the bullshit that happens in this season. You know, like as Han said, I mean, imagine if you're watching Avatar: The Last Airbender style animation and then just blood and guts shoot out and <laughs> Araki in the state. I mean, what what I will say to that though is the the critical role uh, Vox Machina show just came out, and it I think it's like almost identical to the Avatar: The Last Airbender oh, wow. style, and it works really well. Wow. Um, it I think they're a little less serious in tone than we would want to go for because it's pretty like R-rated, jokey, but also they're going on an adventure. But um, yeah, so yeah, not I, to completely contradict you, but yeah. Um. I would, I think I would disagree with the style being similar, like really close to Avatar the Last Brander, but I do agree with your other points. But also, um, I, Invincible is like in that same era. I of was like, actually going to say Invincible as yeah. like could be like was a good medium ground. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. As, um, I do agree because I haven't watched Arcane, but everything I've seen from it, I think that, I think that would be where I put the winner. But for something that is still animated and has that sort of, you know, suspension of disbelief kind of quality, but it's also like blood and guts and serious shit. I think Invincible really captures that as well. Yeah, like Invincible, I think like some of the animated Batman shows, like I think could have interesting drawing styles. Um, like that, that would still capture. Can we do this in the Harley Quinn style, please? <laughs> be good. The Mask of the um, Phantasm would be good. Um, the Killing Joke would also be good. Yeah. The animated series yeah. from the 90s. <laughs> Is that- the problem is like my favorite uh, animated cart or animation studio would like absolutely not be the right style for this at all, which is Cartoon Saloon. <laughs> I'm not familiar, but just by name alone seems like probably not. <laughs> yeah, what do they do? The, um, the Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea, Wolf Walkers. It's an Irish based. Uh, animation studio that usually does things with like folklore it's very Mm. much focused on kids it's 2d um a lot of like figure ground uh patterns it's it it looks kind of like watching a storybook i i love song of the sea that is one of my favorite movies it is it's beautiful it's it's i i absolutely love it it's good irish folklore yeah that that would be a little weird I mean, I one of my favorite studios ever, Studio Ghibli, but this would be a really weird Ghibli film. So <laughs> I feel you on that one. Mm-hmm. All right, should we hit the rapid fire? Yeah. So uh, these are just kind of <laughs> rapid fire questions, style, less discussion type. Um, what other nerdy kinds of things are you all into? Magic the Gathering? Any other TTRPG systems you guys want to try in the future? Um, I'll mm. say that I'm a I'm a video gamer. I think Rob is also a video gamer. I'm That's also kind a of gamer. really the the uh, the only like nerdy other thing that I would say I'm into besides all this stuff. I guess I work in podcasts. If you want to consider that nerdy, I do podcasts for my full time job. So that I don't know if you want to consider tech or whatever nerdy, then sure. Yeah, uh, as far as other TTRPG systems, um, thinking in the future and like what we would play for the season after this, like I mean I. I cannot name all of them that like crossed my mind for things that would be fun to play. I really want to do a kids on broomsticks. We have to do a kids on broomsticks. That would be so cute. Short, Blaze episode, in the dark. like short thing. Yeah, Blaze in the Dark, uh, City of Mist, which I've just started getting into. Um, there's there's a lot of options. Call I don't think Cthulhu. I do that much nerdy stuff that isn't somehow related to TTRPGs though. Hmm. Yeah, I maybe should have separated this into two separate questions. I think this is two separate questions. The yeah, the nerdy. I'm too much of a jock for that. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I do much nerdy stuff. Too much nerdy stuff outside TTRPGs. I spend a lot of time on those. I'm DMing like four campaigns for different friends, so I spend a lot of time with those. Um, The one thing though is I really, really love Yu-Gi-Oh of nostalgia. And Damn. I started a Yu-Gi-Oh! League my senior year of college among uh, about a third of housing staff. <laughs> and uh, we still have the group chat from it. <laughs> we still post Yu-Gi-Oh! memes. So that was fun. We'll, we'll uh, have to play some time because I, I also played Yu-Gi-Oh! in college. Dude, so I, I, I don't really do nerdy stuff. I did start a Yu-Gi-Oh! League. But aside from that... <laughs> <laughs> we, um. I kid you not, whenever we had breaks from housing, every other day during housing training, which is like... 
I don't even know. It was like 10, 11, 12 days long. It's longer, way longer than a week. We'd go to the different vintage stocks in town. To, <laughs> it's a group of like eight to find different cards. Just quickly, yeah, I, I am a real gamer, TM. Um, I do <laughs> like anime and manga. Um, big fan of Berserk. Um, and also like just other shonen. Um I am a huge sports nerd, specifically for basketball. Um, I've been watching the NBA Finals. That's been my nerd stuff. I also, my job is also sports related. Um, and I work, uh, well, I'm, I work basically for a sports agency. Um, and um, yeah, and I'm a lawyer, so I'm constantly reading the nerdiest shit in history, which is just people analyzing the meta around our rules, which are already, you know, complicated as is. So it's like, you know, I'm never not doing nerd shit. It's just what, what whatever flavor is available at the time. Um, but that's about it. See, I feel like most people, most nerds would not consider sports and becoming a lawyer nerdy, <laughs> nerdy things. But that, that's just me. I don't know. I mean, um, well, yeah, I mean, the way, so I have to look at sports from a very academic angle. So I have to do like statistical analysis and like compare contracts and like look at the collective bargaining agreements and stuff like that. You can be a sports nerd. Yeah, I, I am a sports nerd. Yeah. I mean, then you can be a nerd about anything. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my high school quote was a, a quote from Will Wheaton that was very long winded, uh, almost didn't fit on the page, um, <laughs> but it was essentially just like, nerd is just a term for somebody that's really interested in somebody. So everybody's kind of a nerd about something, and so that's just kind of how I approach it. But I anyway. wow, can't believe I have the same uh, mindset as Will Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> um, out of curiosity, when you guys. When you guys play, do you play on like Roll20 or is it mostly Theater of the Mind? We mostly stick to Theater of the Mind. We have made maps and spreadsheets for things, which speaking of, I think we're about to do some very spreadsheet intense stuff in the episode we're about to record. But yeah, mostly mostly Theater of the Mind when it comes to most scenarios. Yeah, um, I, I, the only thing, I mean, I have a personal goal to have at least one session on, with something digital, with some sort of digital map, um, at least sometime in this campaign. It's the only thing keeping us from doing it is that it's a huge time investment to learn the system. And for me personally to like design something, it also takes a whole lot of time and that's not my skill set. and also don't have a whole lot of time for it. So it's just one of those things where it's like, we would love to do, but at the moment have to wait for the right time to start doing it's that. It's also not audio friendly. We yes. don't upload anything on uh, YouTube. We don't uh, like we have a, a visual element for when we make TikToks and stuff, but we like we don't do video distribution. So like just listening to people talking about a map that other people can't see, not super interesting. Um, yeah. So we stick to not doing that. Um, cool. We already kind of covered this a little bit. Are there other systems or settings that you guys would be interested in playing? Um, I'm currently looking at Powered by the Apocalypse, uh, systems for next time I GM, because that's the one I'm most familiar with outside of D&D. I know Amelia just, uh, suggested some. Is anyone else? I, I, I mean, besides Kids on Broomsticks, which I really want to run, because goddammit, like, we have to, <laughs> we have to reclaim Wizard High School from JK Rowling. Um, cause she is not fit to manage, uh, the wizard high fandom niche and I'm tired of it. Um, so I want, I want to make a fucking wizard high school that has running toilets where people <laughs> don't have to shit on the floor. Um, that isn't, uh, just a blatant, uh, way to sort kids into power structures. Um, besides that, I do want to play in 5e again sometime soon because I haven't done that in a while. Just vanilla 5e. I have uh, always been intrigued by um, by uh, Call of Cthulhu, uh, which is ironic because I'm scared of my own shadow uh, as a person. But you know, sometimes you got to have some personal growth. Um, that and I, I really, really love Traveler. Although it would be kind of weird to do back to back with Star Wars, so I probably wouldn't do that one. Cool. Uh, next one. Are you guys considering taking in a guest? Since some of you have appeared and interacted with other shows and podcasts, we've had guests before. Two guests, I think, total. Um, just guest GMs as uh, one-shots for in-between seasons when we kind of needed some extra room to get ready for season two. We might do that again if we can find someone cool and have the time for it and can plan accordingly. I know we've made some cool D&D &D friends recently since, since last time we've had guests on the show. 
I would love to. I think it would be fun. Um, I think it would be good cross promotion for everybody. Um, yeah, I would. I would love to do that. We have had some guest voice acting. Like season one had a guest voice actor. Yes, um, my friend Kyle was very gracious enough, uh, very good actor to lend great his voice. voice for a uh, uh, season one villain. Um, and I would also be open to doing that again if we wanted to have more guest voices, um, though that just kind of takes preparation, some extra preparation. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'd be open to it. Um, I'm always yeah. happy to to play with, with new people. Um, I also just like don't, I'm not the person that has these connections. I just... <laughs> I yeah, I same. spend most of my life in a library. I I need to stress this enough. And most of my life is not not interesting. I am a professional student. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Um last rapid fire question. How many muns could a monkey key if a monkey could key muns? <laughs> I think a monkey could key a kilo of muns if a monkey could key muns. Well, yeah. if he was the very best like no one ever was then i think he could probably catch all of the mons if a monkey could <laughs> key some mons well said i don't think i would have said it any other way figured um, it out well, you cool. thought you were gonna stump us no bills and i came <laughs> with the heat hell yeah <laughs> amazing um cool so that is the end of our q a episode for um our regular feed if you want to stick around for uh some some other questions that you think you might be missing come become a red circle subscriber on uh on i don't know i lost my trade of thought come be a red circle subscriber we will have a, a second part of this episode for you um super easy to become a subscriber there's a link at the bottom of every episode that says uh, support this podcast and you should get access if you become a subscriber um but yeah thanks for joining us and we'll see you in part two bye For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.